a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, happy, happy New Year, Star Style Way. I hope that all of you have had wonderful holidays, have been with family and friends, and got a little bit of downtime and relaxation, and are ready to power up for the rest of the year and make this the best year yet. Well, we really are going to have a very fun show to launch this new year with you because coming up in segment two, Margaret Winslow and her amazing donkey, Caleb, are going to be with us. She's written a book called Smart Ass, and it is um, it is really funny about her midlife um, crisis where instead of buying a sports car or, you know, having an affair or doing something kind of illicit, she went out and she got a donkey. And uh, what what the donkey has taught her, it's really very, very fun. In our third segment, we're going to shift our focus from me to she, as in Mother Nature, and we'll be looking at the intrinsic connection we have with nature and how we are banding together to save the planet. It kind of fits right in with the, the uh, Me Too movement. Instead of Me Too, it's She Too, and it's Mother Nature. I want to get you outside and back in touch with our roots but right now of course it is new year's and what would new year's be without a segment where we are really looking at our intentions and motivations and plans and all of that but first to the miracle moment Brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. It was very gratifying. Literally on New Year's Eve, I was the last person in, I mean, on yeah, New Year's Eve, I was the last person in the post office shipping books off to evacuees from the fires. So we really do need your donations so we can continue this. And we are soliciting brand new book donations from publishers as well. So be in touch. Be the star you are. This is from Winston Churchill. It's a mistake to try to look too far ahead. The chain of destiny can only be grasped one link at a time. And with that, you know, you've probably been there before, right at the new year with all these lofty goals in mind. And you have really great intentions, but odds are that the motivation is going to wane by springtime because it's not just you. Researchers have tracked New Year's resolutions of people for years, and what they found It's so interesting. 77% of people keep them for exactly one week, and only about 40% can hold on to them for six months. So dreams really require a lot of work, and you can't just simply envision yourself with a nest egg in the bank or finding a new job. That's not enough. And that's why um, I want to bring to you kind of a roadmap that's filled with and you know, expert advice from around the globe that can help you harness all the inspiration that you feel right now because it's a brand new year, and then keep you on track for the long haul. 
because we are very lucky to get that second chance, right? We got to be grateful. We have to live life to the fullest and we want to have a very, very joyous new year, but we're all human beings and we need to be better people, better citizens. And this is the time of year that we can be a better uh, person for ourselves and create a better world. So again, we want you to have the best year of your life. So here, first of all, You want to choose carefully. Make sure you're chasing the right goal. Now, how do you do that? You have to identify the why. So what happens is we often inadvertently set goals that are driven by external expectations or social norms. Something, in other words, you know, somebody thinks that this is what you need to accomplish as a result of why you really want to accomplish it. And what happens is you end up with targets you don't really, truly want but you feel you should, I always say should and could do little good. So if you think striving to make as much money as your best friend or um, going on a diet so that you can fit in to your bikini from you know 2010, that isn't really going to work for you. you got to ask yourself what what your goal is and why it's important to you. Because when you articulate the reasons and hopefully you write them down, you're going to be able to see if your values and your vision are matching and if it's what you really want. So you have to identify that why. Make sure you do a gut check. uh, check. So I, you know, we talk about mindfulness a lot on this program, but that's a technique. It really reveals a lot. You can just sit quietly for a few moments Think about what your intentions for the year are. What physical sensations are you noticing? And really pay attention if you're feeling any stress or muscle tension. If you start holding your breath or you get an upset stomach or you kind of get jittery or just like uh, squeamish because that might be anxiety in your body that is indicating that what you think you want to accomplish, you really don't want to accomplish. And that's not what we, you know, that's not what we want. So that's your gut check. Then do another check, and that's to rate your goals on a scale of 1 to 10. How achievable would it be? If achievability feels like an 8, that means that you're probably 80% confident you're going to succeed, and you won't get overwhelmed. But see if you can get to a 10. Would you feel more confident if you got some help or you acquired some skills or you went back to school or you got a mentor? What is it that you need to kind of ramp that desire up to a 10? So dig a little deeper and then you might be able to reassess your goal or adjust it and uh, and then go from there. And then you also need to break it down. Some goals are... A one, meaning that they are feeling completely overwhelming from the start or that you have no control over it. I'll give you an example. Um, If I said I want to book three national commercials this year, the reality is, is I don't have control over booking three national commercials. My agent has to call me. But before that, the advertising agency has to want my type of personality and acting skills. They have to contact the casting director to put that call out. The casting director has to call my agent. I have to go in on it. I have to do the audition. And then maybe I fit what they're looking for and maybe I don't. 
So I don't want to talk myself out of wanting that as a goal, but I may have to reframe it in my mind. So I may say that this is a direction that I would like. This is something I'd really like to have, but, uh, you know, I don't have control over it. So what are some small things that I could do is I could brush up on my commercial acting audition skills and see how that goes. Uh, I could just start doing some uh, like regional theater or something if I want to see how that is. I could watch more television and more commercials and try to look more like the people that are doing them. But none of that's going to guarantee that I'm going to reach that goal. So break down things and see if you can maybe do baby steps. Make a plan. Willpower can only carry you so far. So when it flags, you want to rely on some strategies to stay committed. So keep a record. Change is really, really hard. And even when it's a positive one that you crave, because your brain is wired to go with the status quo, you can push it forward by celebrating small wins. But the reality is we're actually more likely to repeat new behaviors that have been rewarded. um, And to um, a simple way to reward ourselves is to track our progress. So for example... If you were uh, training for a a dance recital, keep a chart of all the moves that you've made and the progress that you've gotten. And research really backs this up, that the more we monitor our progress towards the goal, the more likely we are to reach it. Now, something people disagree with me on, but I believe in it. I always say, tell everybody that you know and everybody that you meet what your dreams and goals and intentions and resolutions are most people are um, they want to keep it private because they're afraid that if they don't reach it people are going to judge them and say to them you know that ah you didn't make it or you know give them that woe is me kind of um, a, a backlash but The reality is if you say you're going to lose 10 pounds and you tell everybody you're going to lose 10 pounds, you are probably going to be more accountable to yourself because of it. So when you share your goals with supportive people, now remember we're talking about supportive people, not just sharing them on social media where there's going to be trolls and people are going to attack you, that you might have a better chance of attaining them. And then keep your eye on the prize. Write your goal on sticky notes and put them around your home, in your car, on your bathroom mirror. Schedule reminders um, for you. you like I like to do a meditation every day. It keeps me on track. Well, maybe you start getting so busy you have to remind yourself. If you have to remind yourself to eat, do that as well. And then set the stage for success. Say your goal is to eat healthier, you better get rid of all that junk food that you might have in your cupboard or in the refrigerator and start stocking your um, your kitchen with healthy snacks and lots of vegetables. And then be kind to yourself. You know, you are going to veer off course. It's okay. It's kind of part of the process. And um, But know that you will succeed. So just kind of think of it as a road trip. Sometimes we take a detour or we stop for bathroom breaks or we stop to get water or to, you know, to get a drink and just do one step at a time. And just don't shame yourself. Uh, research also suggests that self-compassion is going to allow you to bounce back faster. So 
Uh, think about when you're getting ready to deride yourself, think about what you would say to a good friend in the same situation and then say that to yourself. And don't forget to learn from your mistakes. I've always believed that mistakes are just fertilizer. You know, you put them on the compost pile, grow a new garden because all lessons are, I mean, all the mistakes are lessons and blessings in disguise as long as we do learn from them. So just keep, keep moving forward. And also know that sometimes you may have to recalibrate. You know, you might say that you're going to take um, three days a week of Spanish lessons, but then you find out you really only have time for one day. Okay, well, if one day is all you can do, do that to the best that you possibly can. And that's the important thing. And then, you know, do uh, remember to reward yourself. Uh, open that bottle of bubbly when you um, when you have achieved a goal. I still have to open a bottle of bubbly to celebrate my two book publications this past year. It's just been a little hectic, but I have been, you know, I am saying constantly I'm very proud of it, so I suppose I'm rewarding myself in that way. And then provide care to yourself uh, onward, upward, and these are strategies that will help you reach your goal. And give yourselves months to appreciate your accomplishments because you deserve it. And then always have a new goal to go with, okay? And finally, keep a smile on your face no matter what because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make other people feel better. I had uh, a, a lot of electrical issues in this last couple weeks Wouldn't you know it, over the holidays, I lost all my lights. But when the electrician showed up today, he goes, how is it you're always smiling? And uh, my response was, because I have a choice. I can choose to be happy or I can choose to be sad. So I choose to put a smile on my face. So I hope that you do too. And most of all, happy, happy new year. Remember, this is going to be a grand year filled with peace, laughter, prosperity, and health. And you need to decide that that's the way it's going to be. Be guided by the stars. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll be back in just a little bit. And we'll meet Caleb the donkey and Margaret Winslow with her book, Smart Ass, How a Donkey Challenged Me to Accept His True Nature and Rediscover My Own. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Be the star you on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, welcome back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and this is our New Year celebration. And boy, we have something really, really fun for you on the show today. Because Margaret Winslow and her uh, special friend, Caleb the Donkey, are with us today to talk about her new book, which is called Smartass. Hello, Margaret, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Oh, thank you for having me on, Cynthia. This is a great honor. Well, you know, it's so fun to have you on the show, our very first show of a brand new year with a, a story that can change people's lives, but also add some hope and some humor and some fun. And of course, for me, being a farm girl, I am, I'm just so drawn to animal stories. But let's give our listeners a little bit of background about you. Um, Margaret is a PhD. She's a field geologist with over 30 years experience in Central America, South America, and the Caribbean, and she's been fascinated with donkeys. Um, pretty much, I guess it was since you saw the ad, or you saw the picture in the Sears catalog, is that correct, of the, the donkey? That's right. Uh, be, uh, it used to be our Christmas wish book. Uh, it came out around Thanksgiving, and uh, we kids would uh, couldn't wait to look through at the uh, toys and uh, occasionally at the clothing pages, but um, one day, and this is before I, I really knew how to read, I strayed into a section on farm animals, and um, a lot of people, some of your uh, uh, listeners might remember this, that, that Sears used to sell farm animals in their catalog, <laughs> live you know, farm I'm going to just tell you quickly, when I read the part about Sears Catalog, I, you had me at that because I grew up on a farm, and that was our, that wish book was our, our go-to book. Um, Sears, we couldn't, we just, we, that's, we, there weren't any t- uh, stores in our town, so we had to order everything from that, and we did have a lot of animals, <laughs> and Sears provided them, so. <laughs> yes, oh, well, I'm glad that you um, uh, had the same experience that I did, and um, in a way, it's, well, it probably isn't a shame, because no one misses it, but uh, browsing through that catalog for hours on end, and uh, all the amazing things that used to have was uh, was a, a one of my fondest memories from childhood, but it just so happened that I, when I strayed on into this section I'd never been uh, to before, there was this wonderful ad for a genuine Mexican burro, and the sketch had uh, the most lovely little pony with giant rabbit ears, and a little girl standing next to him 
in a Dale Evans outfit, just yeah. like Dale Evans and Roy Rogers, right? Yep, yep. And I had the same outfit, and that donkey is sort of looking shyly out towards the reader, and I was hooked. And from then on, you became horse and donkey crazy, but you did get a stuffed donkey under the Christmas tree one year, and that, you know, that also helped you be um, even more excited about having a donkey as opposed to a horse. That's true. And in fact, I did not grow up on a farm and our backyard uh, in suburban New York was about 50 by 80 feet. And so, though I pestered my father for this donkey for years, um, he pointed out such mysterious terms like zoning, <laughs> things I right. didn't understand. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> didn't get might not work in town, right? Are you having a donkey? No. So I never actually saw a live donkey until I was working in the uh, Dominican Republic and uh, saw them in rural areas being used um, in roadless areas. I was, uh, as a geologist, I was uh, hiking up and down uh, canyons and uh, collecting samples. And um, I just was fascinated by these animals that, uh, if I can just say, they, they, didn't have any bridles or ropes on and little kids would ride them up and down the canyon walls getting water in the dry season and the donkeys knew just where to go and they'd wait around and go back up the canyon walls by themselves and I just wanted to know more about them and this this memory from years and years earlier came back to me. But, you know, it was so so exciting and interesting because it's very fascinating how our childhood memories really can make an impact on who we are later in life. And for you, this this happened about in what in two thousand one, and you were teaching at um, at the college then. You were a professor at the at the Urban University, and it didn't sound like the the administrators were were very in tune with any of the students. They just really cared about the money and stuff, and which went totally against you, right? Went against everything you believed in. That's right. I yeah. I really love teaching. In fact, uh, I still do uh, a part time if I'm called to because uh, I just love being. I love the earth, and I love to convey um, my experiences in the field, and to you know. Invite people in to uh, appreciate it with me. Um, so the so the donkey part didn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> if you think of it for an urban professor, right? Uh, right. O- overworked and frustrated, and <laughs> um, but uh, some people would get an Italian villa, or they'd get a sailboat or something, or and they make have lunch. an affair or something, right? But no, right. you got you got a donkey. <laughs> I, I got a donkey. Well, you started looking through a lot of catalogs, and then you came across Caleb, who is a uh, a seven hundred pound white Andalusian, or you believe he's an Andalusian, right? And but before we go forward with that, because I know probably listeners are thinking, all right, we're calling your book "Smart Ass." What's the difference between a donkey? a mule, and a horse, and why didn't you go with a horse? Uh, and, I, you know, you have, you have outlined what the differences are, but I would be great to give the differences because I sure. think most people don't realize that horses and donkeys are two separate species. It's almost like horses and zebras. 
Uh, that is exactly right. That's a good analogy. Yeah, horses, donkeys, and zebras are all different species. Um, if they interbreed, they can produce offspring, live offspring, but the offspring is sterile. And so if you meet a donkey with a horse, uh, you produce a mule, and uh, the mule has some characteristics of each parent, uh, but it cannot reproduce. And uh, believe it or not, that you can meet uh, zebras with donkeys and horses as well uh, and uh, get some very odd uh, things called uh, a z-donk and a zorse. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't know that about the zebras. That's the, I, I knew that the donkeys and the horses um, produced the mule, but I didn't know zebras could uh, could mate with them too. That's a z-donk. I, I wonder what that would be like. <laughs> well, was- well, the thing about horses is they, um, they are herd animals, um, and they will submit to an alpha. Right, uh, but donkeys and, and zebras won't. And, uh, and that's right. And uh, so you can become a partner, and if you use positive reinforcement, you can sell the idea of let's go here and let's turn left. But um, they will not um, – if you try to break a donkey the way that traditional uh, horse trainers – horse. Yeah, which breaks their spirit right. uh, and intimidates them um, – it, that you will just get a very mean, mean donkey who will never forget. Yeah, and, but they're like it, an elephant. They're like an elephant. They, they really, they, they want to trust you, right? They want to really trust you, which was the lesson that you had to learn over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so they want to. Um, they, they're very cute, despite the fact that they're not herd animals. They're semi-solitary, like be, uh, deer in the wild. Um, they are curious and are attracted to other creatures and so you can form a friendship. So so the positive reinforcement is the thing that we all respond best to, humans and all animals, um, and it's something that should be used. It works very well on horses as well um, if people take the time to do it. I wanted to um, to say that because when, when you talked quite a bit in Smart Ass, and for you those of you who are just joining us, we are talking about the book Smart Ass by Margaret Winslow. Margie to her friends, so be a friend, and you can call her Margie. And it's how a donkey challenged me to accept his true nature and rediscover my own. And uh, you know, you took your you took Caleb to um, different training things, and when you talked about breaking, it brought back a real memory for me because when I was just a little girl I think I was four or five I was given a colt and it was a uh, a white uh, Arabian colt just uh, you know a little baby and we grew up together but there was no way I was going to break her because Mm -hmm. first of all I didn't know how and second just like you you know when they tried to put bridles in Caleb's mouth I mean you didn't want to hurt Caleb and that's how I felt and she grew up, she never, ever was, quote, unquote, broken in the traditional way. I would just ride her bareback, and she knew exactly where I wanted to go just because we trusted each other. So maybe she had a little donkey in her. I don't know. but <laughs> That's that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She just never, ever, she never had a bridle in her whole life. Never. 
And well, that, uh, the time I tried to put a saddle on when I was a little older, she didn't like it at all. So we were just a bareback and no bridle, and I just held onto her mane, and my legs would make her go left or right, and, you know, it just, it worked. We were just like you and Caleb. We became friends, and she was like my dearest friend. So um, animals are just so very special. But let's get back to Caleb, because... It took you a few years, but I want to say to you, you seem to me you were always patient, even though you might have been frustrated, but, um, and you were always so kind to Caleb. So, you know, he knew, he knew that you cared about him. Yes. Um, I, uh, it's nice of you to say that I was so patient, um, but uh, some of the, um, the, the harder parts in the book have to do with uh, the frustrations with my job and my whole career work. Absolutely. We're spilling over. And the thing that I noticed, and this is true of, of all animals, is that they mirror us. And so if I showed up in a huge rush and I, you know, fighting traffic out of Manhattan, get there, I said, I got 30 minutes. I want to ride him in the ring for 30 minutes. Well, it would take me 30 minutes just to get his bridle on. <laughs> yeah. Because that was kind of what you were told about donkeys. If they know you're in a rush, they're going to take all day. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Boy, very contrary. And so he certainly tested me. And and the thing is, the message that I eventually got was he was telling me, you're not here. You're not present. You know, I was full of worries and frustrations and and, uh, indecision about my uh, other life and and here's this donkey standing there, and I'm 100 miles away in my thoughts. And so what? one of the things he did by um, disobeying me, uh, making a fool out of me, um, was to say, hey, I'm here. Pay attention to me. And, well, and you really had this, I mean, the one incident, that one time when, you know, he kicked you and stomped you and... I mean, you were really bruised by it, and that's when you almost gave up, but you that, didn't. That's right, and it was at the culmination of of things, uh, a combination of bean counters at the university and also this new entrepreneurial model, which briefly boils down to um, they could make more money renting out space to startup companies than they could make putting students in classrooms, so... Uh, it it became just about the the low point of my uh, career. Well, so, when you had to go, when you had to go to that conference, um, and you were very brave, and you were chosen to go in front and speak for your table. I just wondered, was anything implemented that you said because you were very clear that students need to come first, and that somehow students had been taken out of the equation? Did the administrators ever listen? Or did it go towards that entrepreneurial? Well, my my whole take was, you know, sure, we can have a corporate model, but but uh, who are our customers? They're the students. And what is our product, education, and um, and not just dollars? And so, um, so what happened was uh, <laughs> my department chair just, just about died when he found out what I had done. Um, we were expecting reper- repercussions, like losing more um, labs and teaching stuff, because there's a lot of this vindictive thing with this particular provost. So um, it turned out that we battled and, and held the line uh, 
more or less or as well as any other department. So so they, they didn't really retaliate. And, um, you know, I had tenure and everything. So, uh, they, but, the, but about 10 years earlier, when we'd gone through a similar crisis, they actually had the whole department on the line, uh, you know, on the block. Yeah. And so, so, you know, it was a real uh, concern. So anyway, so I wasn't uh, quite far enough, <laughs> far enough along to retire. And I have this new challenge, my most challenging student ever, Caleb. Caleb! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to learn his language, which is body language. And one of the things that kept me going is his obvious affection for me. He, he knew the sound of my car. And when I was coming down the driveway, he would bray and bray and he would bray when I left. And so despite the fact that there was frustration when, you know, I'd take him on a little obstacle course and he'd pick up the traffic cones and throw them, <laughs> up, throw them over the fence and um, do things like that, uh, he, he turned me into a straight man at every opportunity. Um, I, I had to laugh along with him that, you know, following the rules and trying to do something perfectly like dressage, um, you know, it, you know, his, Caleb's attitude was, well, I went around the ring once, you know, why again? (laughs) Yeah. Been there, done that. Let's do something different. (laughs) And, and so I, he really tapped into some of my own inner, uh, rebelliousness and, and um, playfulness, and which which I think um, saved the day. But but we did, as you mentioned, um, and there are a lot of funny stories in the book, and I hope people will find them entertaining. But there are some heavy um, moments. Uh, fortunately, a happy ending, um, and uh, I w- just didn't think I could handle him anymore. And he was getting more because I because of the way I was behaving he was getting harder and harder to handle and nobody could handle him and nobody could ride him and so I did consider getting rid of him and I sent him away to donkey boot camp and um, in in a sort of a desperate effort to either retrain him or find a good home for him and um, that was the turning point when I realized that okay they were gonna find some you know they were going to find another owner for him right and then you made that decision but but the the wonderful thing and you know i mean i think your characters in the book jack and mary lou bridgman i mean they just are characters it seems like they always had a beer at nine o'clock in the morning and and you know people of few words but they love their donkeys (laughs) absolutely and you just had some very very good people around you that stuck with you and kept the stables open for you even when you thought there wasn't going to be a place for Caleb and the wonderful ending is is that Caleb becomes a star Caleb starts uh, becoming the star in in the Christmas pageants and then at the county fairs and then you go and you win all these ribbons and you don't even know that they're for you you think that they're for somebody else and they're Caleb's so he I love the photo that you sent me of him reading the book where he's the star of the book. <laughs> yes, he, he's obviously the star of any appearance we make near home. I can't take him, uh, I don't uh, trailer him very far, but uh, yeah, he, he was a huge draw at our, <laughs> at our book debut. Draw. Well, he's now, um, now is he 21 or 22 now? 
He's 21. 21. Uh, I, got, I got him when he was four, which in a donkey is not quite full grown. Uh, he was quite a baby. Uh, and the other thing is, as you might remember from the book, is that the donkeys don't really mature um, mentally until they're about eight. Right, right, right. So a lot of, you know, the brain's very plastic, and so some things just don't stick. Well, uh, he was also probably a teenager, a lot, you know, was having a little bit of teen rebellion when you were trying to uh, to train him in these things. But the wonderful thing about your book, when again, the book is called Smart Ass, How a Donkey Challenged Me to Accept His True Nature and Rediscover My Own by Margaret Winslow, is that everything really turned out and you both learned a lot about each other. And it seems that uh, Joe, your husband, you know, loves him as much as you do, <laughs> too, now that he's home. And it's... And that you are—you've really had a fun time with Caleb. Are you still going, like, and riding him in the ring, or do you just take him to shows, you know, and let him do his thing now? Well, I ride him uh, three days a week just to keep us both working together. Um, and uh, trails, then, because that was your goal. I'm sorry. Are you going on the trails now? Because your goal was to go on the trails and in the snow, you know, of course you had the slippery ice and all of that before. So are you able just to go on just rides with him? Yeah, I go on the trail. But I also I, I also keep working in the ring. And uh, we uh, at least once a year go to a donkey and mule show and perform um, and uh the thing about donkeys, is, as you know from the book, is that, uh, or as you probably know uh, from your own experience, is that uh, you don't know if when you're going to the ring if they're going to just do nothing or they're going to run out of the ring or they're going to do a beautiful job. And you can practice and practice and practice and you still don't know. <laughs> Well, you know, you also in your book, Smart Ass, you talked about your first experience going um, to the show with Caleb and how you thought you were just had a, there was a poultry show. And even Joe was going to see the, the chickens and the roosters and all the all that. And I had to have a chuckle because I've raised chickens my entire life and I showed a lot of of chickens. In fact I was California's champion rooster raiser from the time I was eight. And the crazy thing is is it's with as with donkeys I can say the same thing about chickens. They, you can practice all you want in the day of the show. You have no idea what they're going to do because yes. they're chickens, you know, they're chickens. Yes. So, um, so anyway, I was laughing because I was thinking, oh, my gosh, we have, we have the donkey and the chicken story. Well, Margie, it's so nice to talk with you. Let's it's give lovely. out your website so that people can find you. It's margaretwinslow.com. Margaret spelled the regular way, Winslow, W-I-N-S-L-O-W, margaretwinslow.com. Her book is Smart Ass, How a Donkey Challenged Me to Accept His True Nature and Rediscover My Own. And also know she has written a couple of other books about her adventures or misadventures (laughs) throughout her geology life. And I think you've lived a very exciting, uh, a very exciting life. And I'm just so thrilled that I was able to um, come across your book and to share 
the life of Caleb. I just think he's just so charming. So give him a big donkey hug for me, too. Uh, oh, I will. And, and it's been a delight being on your program with you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your support of Be the Star You Are. We just, we really, really appreciate it. So you uh, go out into the world with Caleb and continue being the stars that you both are. And I hope that you have a lot of fun with this book. So margaretwinslow.com, the book Smart Ass, How a Donkey Challenged Me to Accept His True Nature and Rediscover My Own. So thank you, Margie, for being on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you again, Cynthia. Okay, thank you. And when I come back from break, we're going to go into the garden and talk about the garden trends for for the year and how to be a great steward of the earth. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We want you to reach for the stars and land on them. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to embrace change? Well, what do you do when you're asked to lead a change for something you're resistant to? Change comes from external sources like new regulations, new competitors, board of directors. But here are some things to consider. First, make sure you understand it. Ask questions to get a full picture of the change situation and ask with an open mind. Get the why. Yes, you must understand the what's and the how's of the change, but it is the why that matters most. Find the benefits. How will your team benefit? Once you really see the benefits, you may change your view. Remember the power of the converted. Often the most powerful champion of a change is someone who was once opposed to it. As your perspective changes, remember how you felt initially because that's how some of your team members will feel about it too. And your new perspective is even more powerful and persuasive because of the steps you've taken to come to acceptance. Put your concerns in perspective and don't assume anything. Let it go. Change normally is a step forward and it'll move on with or without you. So let go and support the change. When you take these steps, you'll be less resistant, more able to lead. And because you've done this exercise for yourself, you're in a much better position to help your team members get to the acceptance and support of the change, too. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. 
Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, everything is about the show, right? So thank you to Margaret and Smartass and Caleb for being on the show. It's always fun to talk about a donkey or animals. I really love it. So um, I'm gearing up, obviously, for gardening and wanted to share some trends that are piling up because we may just have to ditch the technology and get outside for some health, happiness, and prosperity You may have uh, remembered when my mother was so excited to play Vanna alongside Pat Sajak on the TV hit Wheel of Fortune. Now, that was the first time in the 30-plus years of the show that anyone had stepped into Vanna's beautiful shoes to wave bye-bye. And at 37 years young, my mom definitely had a reason to gloat. Now, she, my mom, never owned a computer. Uh, She never even knew what social media was. In fact, she used to call Facebook Spacebook. But a few days after her historic TV appearance, she called me to say that everyone said she was trending. Now, she didn't have a clue what trending meant, but she knew it must be something fun, you know, fabulous and futuristic. So what does trend actually mean? Well, every dictionary claims a varied description, but in general, a trend means a change in direction, an upward drift, a tendency to move in a certain direction. And I've never been a person who embraced trends because I really believe in being original. And I like to connect and have meaning in my surroundings. So so that's why my company is called Star Style. I prefer style. In my opinion, a style is classic, it's enduring, it's lasting. But nevertheless, no matter what your personal design preference is, understanding trends can help you identify what you may be missing or what you may need to pay attention to. And then after you know what is trending, it's up to you to express your true individuality. So Trends are what drive sales, and trends are what help consumers identify new products and services that are on the market. Uh, for over 20 years, the Garden Media Group had its, has had its fingers on the pulse of the gardening nation. So outdoor spaces as living rooms were a big hit in 2001. In 2002, it was the year of container gardening. By 2006, we had recognized the importance of growing our own food and being sustainable. Then the birds and the bees highlighted our efforts in 2008. And because of the drought in California, 2011 became the year of succulents. Then finally, in 2015, millennials were being recognized as becoming the next major gardening group. And then by 2018, the focus was on wellness. So 2019, it wasn't any surprise that it would trend from me to she. Of course, with that Me Too movement launched in gardening, 
we started looking to the she, and the she is Mother Nature. So we want Mother Nature to lead us to the light. Temperatures are rising. Major disasters are a regular occurrence. Species are dying, and we need to save our planet. And being a gardener is one of the first lines of defense. Gardening connects us to nature as we birth the new environmentalism. Now, through horticulture, we can assist with solving climate change and the uh, loss of biodiversity. By finding joy in nature, we have the opportunity to save our lives as well as the environment. And when we save our world, we save our species. So how is this a positive upward trend? Here are a few statistics. This is from, these statistics are actually from 2018. In 2018, $47.8 billion was spent on gardening, including plants and patio furniture. $503 was the average amount spent per U.S. household on garden supplies, which was $100 more than in 2017. And interestingly, 29% of all gardeners are now in the age range of 18 to 24 years of age, which is setting record highs. And according to GardenResearch.com, millennials were responsible for 31% of houseplant sales. Now, more than 2 million jobs have been created through horticulture. So as you can see, horticulture, gardening, and being a steward of the earth is big business. It's not just a trend. So for humans to survive, our earth has to survive. Growing plants both inside and outside are proactive actions that anyone and everyone can include in daily life. An indoor generation has been identified, and that's a little bit scary because 90% of people worldwide, not just in the U.S., worldwide, spend 22 hours a day inside without going outside for fresh air. I was like flabbergasted when I saw that statistic. And research indicates that Americans spend 93% of their time indoors or in their vehicles, and children are outside far less than an hour a day. Now, earlier generations of children spent at least 50% of their time outdoors. And I know when I was a kid, I probably spent 90%. Well, I don't know. I'd have to do the math. But other than when I was sleeping, we were outside. So as a species, we have really mar- migrated from the farms to the screens. And this is a real problem because obesity mental health, high cholesterol, depression, anxiety. These are all the results of too much technology where we are plugged in and tuned out to the benefits of fresh air, digging in the dirt, and our natural environs. So what can we do to help ourselves be healthier if we have to be indoors, um, fixated on our screens? Well, we can do a few small things that will really help. Install a terrarium. Buy a bromeliad, or better yet, take a 15-minute break to walk in a nearby park. Eat lunch outside on a bench. Uh, If you have to bring your own chair, bring a little folding chair and sit outside. Enjoy a forest bath. Improve your indoor air quality with a peacefully positioned in a corner of your office. Add a pot of herbs to a windowsill. 
Fall in love with tropical plants that will flourish indoors with little care. By spending too much time in front of televisions, playing video games, texting, being on our phones or tablets, checking social media or surfing the web, we are disregarding our natural state while we are increasing our physical and mental challenges. And when we take care of ourselves by indulging in nature, we are going to refresh and reboot our world. Mother Nature is always in charge. And we cannot ignore her warning signs. I will continue on another show, a discussion on more trends that are happening. Because I think it is important for us to understand what is trending. And then, of course, start your own style. But until then, you can consider, you know, a digital detox. Get up, get out, dig a little, and Bring and bring um, some fresh air into your life. So for the final couple minutes that I have of the show, I just want to give you a few more things that you can possibly do to help yourself this new year because it's so important that we take care of ourselves and and you know think about our heart and how our heart and mind work together. It's about establishing balance between future and present, but between heart and mind as well. And since goals exist in the future and are on some level an abstraction, they're more a product of the mind. So have an intention. Root it in the immediate experience of the present and then bring that into your heart. And if we develop a regular practice of setting some mindful daily intentions, we'll encourage our heart and our mind to work in concert with one another. And then we'll move toward truly fulfilling our highest potential. And then just focus on gradual incremental steps because they work. And it'll stay the course. And for most of all, you know, doing so alone might be unsustainable. So get a buddy. Share it with a colleague or a confidant or a partner or a friend and declare your goal to someone because then you will ensure that they will be there to inquire about your progress. And then don't forget to celebrate along the way. And might, you might need to hire a coach because that's another way to inject some structure, support, and accountability. And I am available if you are interested. So you can visit my website, CynthiaBryan.com, or shoot me an email, Cynthia at Star hyphen style.com and we'll set up a consultation in person or in on Skype. So thanks for being great listeners, allowing me into your life every Wednesday. Make sure you're tuned from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here to the Voice America Network Empowerment Station and Star Style Be the Star You Are. We really seek your help in helping others to be the star you are charity. Visit be the star you are.org and make a donation today. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. So I want you to see beyond your physical being and know you are ready to star. And read a book this week. Pick up Smart Ass. I think you'll have a great time with it and you'll learn a lot. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week, and I wish you a wonderful, safe new year. May the best of this year be the worst of next year. Be the star you are, the star you are.
been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.